ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus the Twins. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Johnny Nani here, along with Tony Marchese. Unfortunately, discussing 4-3 White Sox lost open the series at Kansas City. Tony, first of all, how you doing, man? Johnny, it was a rough day. Um, you know, like uh, I'm not feeling... I'm feeling great after that one. I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. Like I was I was excited for a baseball game today. There was a lot of positivity coming off of last night. There was exciting news. Eloy Jimenez back in the lineup, and I just feel I feel let down right now. I'm I'm, I'm a little low. Like I've got uh, it's just a case of the Mondays or something. Here, how are you, man? Yeah, I mean I feel the exact same way of what you just described, and part of it just you know inflicted with the uh, White Sox outcome tonight, and that was just falling short because you know they fell behind and did mount a couple of semi uh comebacks but those never got over the hump kansas city would re-extend the lead and the Sox would come back within one and then fall short again uh in the end so uh we'll, we'll get to all the details of the game here but before we do make sure you are visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your chicago sports literature and podcasting needs you can give us a follow on social media at socks on tap at ontap sportsnet the show is brought to you by Grandstand, so make sure you are visiting Grandstand for all White Sox and Chicago sports merchandising needs. You can visit them right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. Shop online, GrandstandSox.com, and follow along on social media for new releases at Grandstand Sox. Tony, starting this game, big headline coming in is Eloy Jimenez returning to the lineup. I wanted this to provide a spark. It did not. It didn't. It did not provide a spark at all, and, and we were talking a little bit before the uh before the show started, Johnny, and I feel the same way you did, and I'm, I'm going to leave it for you to say, but the the addition to the lineup that, you know, has been billed uh, as, you know, Eloy Jimenez coming back, it's going to be so much more of a dangerous lineup, uh, which was already a lineup that was capable of putting up, you know, five-plus runs a game. Um, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of energy. You see people on Twitter making bets about, you know, the White Sox scoring, you know, six-plus six runs tonight. Um, Eloy Jimenez hitting a home run, um, you know, people parlaying that there's a lot of good, like a good energy around, uh, this ball game tonight. And then, you know, you get a, a, a piss poor showing from the offense. Um, it, a couple things go awry. It just did not feel as electric or, uh, as promising as I thought it was going to be maybe five, six hours ago. Yeah, and I think it was kind of the buildup that White Sox fans have placed upon, uh, you know, Eloy's return, because obviously it has been a long, long time. Uh, it, it was near the end of spring training when the injury took place. So uh, lamenting throughout all the first half of the season and even, you know, a couple stretches afterward here uh, now that we are post All-Star break. And I think the hype uh, is was at a different level. And then the production was at a level that obviously did not produce anything. So um, that's just uh, unfortunately uh, the way it went down for Eloy tonight. 
right? But in the grand scheme of things, I'll, let's say that this uh, I'm not completely shocked uh, at what we saw, at least from him individually. Um, and it was, you know, he was a bit aggressive, uh, reaching for some pitches. Uh, going to take a little bit to get back into the full swing of things, facing major league pitching. Uh, I think Stone brought up a good comment. You get at minor league pitching for, you know, you know, years, and then and you come up to the bigs. It's a different ball game. It, it, I mean, it's just a different talent level, um, professional pitchers uh, versus minor league pitchers. So, especially when you're at AAA for your most recent one too. You, if you're wanting to face the best talent, you'd probably be a Double A. So, um, obviously, it, it was more just conditioning, getting everything uh, feeling right physically there and making sure it was good before he came up. But either way, he goes 0 for 4 tonight, one strikeout. He almost did have a hit down the third baseline, uh, but that was a nice play there um, over by the line, and it did beat him. Once again, Eloy does not have blazing speed, as we know. So uh, that, that was Eloy's, uh, you know, uh, you know, welcome back. Uh, hopefully uh, it provides a little bit more of a spark going forward here. But let's talk uh, with White Sox on the pitching side. Dallas Keuchel uh, getting burned by the long ball, Tony. Um, three solo shots he allowed, and then a uh, pair of – um, back-to-back um, extra base hits in the middle of that in the top of the sixth inning, and that is what did the White Sox in today. Uh, that is how Kansas City got their runs. Um, I like to see this uh, from Dallas Keuchel here. No, you don't like to see it from Dallas Keuchel, and there was a lot of uh, Dallas Keuchel uh, slander, a lot of Dallas Keuchel hate out there on the interwebs. Uh, during the start. And we've talked about this on this show multiple times uh, about Dallas Keuchel and how he just uh, it hasn't been the, the guy in the rotation that you can lean on um, and be confident with on the mound in, in certain situations in games like this. I was talking a little bit with NWI Steve, uh, who frequents the show, as, as most of our longtime listeners know, um, during this game. And I said, you know, I tweeted some things out, too, that uh, I don't think that uh, you'd have as much Dallas Keuchel, uh, you know, angst online tonight if the White Sox offense had come out and done exactly what you expected them to coming into this game. Uh, you know, if the White Sox come out and put a five, six run uh, spot up within the first three innings, I think Dallas Keuchel had the ability tonight to cruise through some of this stuff. And you've seen that happen before. You've seen Dallas Keuchel, uh, you know, completely handle lineup. Um, you know, this year just hasn't been uh, the same Dallas Keuchel that we've expected or expected when we got him. Uh, there's been less ground balls. There's been uh, a few times where he's prone to giving up a long ball. Tonight it was Soler who took him deep twice. Um, th- those are just things that you're not going to get away with when your offense doesn't score a lot of runs. So it puts a lot of onus on the starting pitcher. Uh, when you're pitching from behind, you're trying to just you know get through some things. Uh, obviously, we t- I talked last night about Sabi Zavala being the complete package to to Lance Lynn. Maybe he doesn't have that same rapport with Dallas Keuchel. That does happen. Uh, but you know, going to that cutter, it just hasn't looked good for Dallas uh, much this year. And you know, a couple bad pitch calls, uh, poor execution from Dallas, and you wind up giving up a couple of runs. I didn't think that was insurmountable, though, Johnny. How about you? You bring up a couple of great points there, and you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to ta- uh, touch on the cutter quickly. Obviously, just not not as crisp uh, as it was last year uh, when he was, you know, uh, up there. And, and granted, not maybe top tier of it, but he was up there somewhat in some Cy Young voting. That's how good it was last year. And granted, shortened season, so d- different set of circumstances there. But uh, either way, you can look at it and watch him. Just watch him pitch. Go go and rewatch, you know, replays of it and see uh, that the cutter comparing it this year to last year is not the same 
um, that, but then I, that you bring up an even bigger point uh, about run support, and it just has not been there as of late. Obviously, we talked about it yesterday on the Sunday Funday show uh, about what scoring five runs all weekend uh, in Milwaukee. That's not great. You only get three here tonight. Um, you know, the, I totally love the sentiment that you brought up because I was starting to slander Dallas Keuchel there a little bit. And sure, you know, he, he does. Anyone deserves criticism, especially when you're giving up the long ball like that, immediate runs for the other team, but. We, you could have another starter do that and you get touched up. And if they're only solo shots, your offense able to support them a little bit. And then you're talking about a win for that guy. And you just kind of like, you know, shove those to the back of the, you know, memory bank. And you're like, okay, well, whatever. You let those up, but we scored six runs. So it didn't matter. Exactly. And that's where I'm coming from here because this White Sox offense, when we started this year and through the first half, uh, you're talking about, you know, large run differentials. Uh, granted, you've, you had a few extra guys in there uh, through part of that to help you out. And Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal, there, were, there was a couple other guys in this lineup, Nick Madrigal, uh, who was able to continue some rallies. You're missing some of those guys right now still, too. That's kind of important. But I think the sentiment here uh, that I'm just really trying to push home is, you know, Dales Keuchel gives up four or five runs uh, to the Royals. It, the White Sox offense still has the ability to go out there and and, and have those 10-run games where th this start doesn't look uh, as bad for him. So it's all just perspective, how we look at things. Granted, the stat sheet uh, at the end of the day for Dales Keuchel isn't going to look uh, crystal clean here at all. He still had his blemishes, but – you know, like let's 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 also put some onus, I think, more on the offense performing early in this game. Uh, give the guy some run support. Uh, yeah. This is the Kansas City Royals, and we've had some problems with Mike Miner, um, but you know we've also beaten him this year. So we've got to get out there and start attacking early. Um, and I've called this, uh, you know, the recipe for success for the White Sox throughout the season. Get out there and give your guys some run support. You saw it for Lance Lynn; he did it himself. Uh, because this offense has been struggling so bad that Lance Lynn goes out there uh, on Sunday night and gives himself the run support that he needs. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's kind of funny to laugh back at that. I'm not being totally serious with this, but um, you, you just you have to do that at points in time in order to continue to win ball games. Yeah, and I, my mantra for them would be, you know, score early, score often. And granted, that is much easier said than done. Uh, I mean, I was sitting here and watching them and screaming at the TV. Saying hey, victory that. beers but taste better than misery beers, Johnny. The, the thing is, Tony, the thing that's frustrating, I think, for us is because we have seen them score in bunches. We, we have seen yes. it before, even with a more depleted lineup than is out there right now. There was a stretch where Jose Abreu uh, was out, you know, with a uh, banged up, uh, I think it was an uh, ankle after that slide at KC. And the White Sox are putting up runs the next series. Like, you know, they're getting and their guys run support. So we have seen it without some big bats uh, in the lineup. Mancata being out over various, uh, you know, day-to-day -day soreness uh, that he's endured. And White Sox still able to get it done at certain points. Um, so, yeah, hopefully uh, Eloy getting back in here can find kind of uh, find a groove and help provide uh, some of that spark um, because they're going to need it. So um, as we're talking through this one here uh, with the White Sox scoring, uh, how it went down, uh, it, they're down 3-0 in the top of the six. And Duvall leads off the walk. Uh, Timmy hits a double. And then Andrew Vaughn. I think th this can get lost in this game just because it was a loss, a little lethargic overall. But Andrew Vaughn is hot as hell right now, Tony. Yeah, he is, Johnny. And, and Andrew Vaughn, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him. I see the people starting to clamor for him to be, uh, you know, rookie of the year. We don't know if that's actually going to happen. Uh, he did start out a little bit slower than uh, than what I would have expected him to at the plate. Although, if you look at his overall game, Johnny, uh, the way he's adapted to left field uh, so far this year, 
Uh, he's played excellent out there. Um, the fact that he came up uh, um, and basically changed positions. Now he's starting to be this clutch hitter. I, I've said it during the game when I was watching him. It's like, it just feels like he's not going to strike out. He's going to make contact. He's going to make solid contact. And a lot of times, um, there's not a guy in this lineup, at least at this moment and through major stretches of this year, where when you're looking for a guy to get you out of something or, or make something happen, it's Andrew Vaughn who I wanted to play. I'm just comfortable with him there. He passes the eye test at, at, at basically everything uh, so far as just a, a baseball player, a dude that, that knows this game, who's going to continue to grow. And it's amazing to think, Johnny, just how early he is in his career and how advanced he looks. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the part of that was uh, adjusting to hitting uh, right-handed pitchers. Obviously, a lefty on the mound to start tonight, there's, like minor. But, yeah. uh, there's uh, still work to do for him, though. Uh, there's still work to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, but, obviously, the bat tool is there. There's a reason uh, he was so highly touted um, when he was selected in the draft as, you know, the best overall bat uh, in that class. So, um, good to see for him. And, you know, it, unfortunately, it sticks out uh, because there hasn't been a lot of offense lately. But you get the home run. Granted, it was garbage time, but, you know, he's only offense on Friday night in Milwaukee. Hits a late inning double on Saturday night. Um, and I believe, he, I think he racked up a hit uh, on Sunday night as well. Um, but either way, you know, you get that, uh, that was a big spot here today uh, in the top of the six with that uh, two RBI single to make it 3-2 White Sox within striking distance. Uh, th- this kind of upsets me after this, though. I know, um, you know, with Eloy, we talked about already, is, you know, going to take a little time to adjust back. But Abreu flies out after uh, Vaughn there. Eloy strikes out, and then Moncada strikes out there, too. That one hurts uh, because Moncada did tattoo the ball a couple of times uh, throughout this game. Obviously, we'll talk get to that a little bit later uh, in the ninth inning, but his first two outs, I believe, he, he had hit those pretty well. Um, it sucks because in this spot, he strikes out uh, at this juncture. I wouldn't have been as disappointed with, with how that inning came to a close if he had just made like a hard out there. I know the result end result still would have been the same, but that's just a weird like feeling I get when watching this stuff, Tony, because it's not very opportunistic. No, it's not opportunistic. And I, I know you like when guys come up and, and provide immediate results, Johnny. But the uh, the the problem with this one is, is more of the momentum killer that you get when your three, four, five guys kind of kill a rally like that. Um and Jose Abreu, he, he was my pick to click tonight. Um, obviously, on the show last night, I strayed away from Gavin Sheets, and that was uh, probably a good move just because he wasn't in the lineup tonight uh, and, and did not get a pinch in appearance. I'll talk about that one a little bit later. But the the fact is you cannot have your three, four, five guys go down when the offense actually starts moving. Um that to me was probably the turning point in this ball game. Um, and, and we talk about momentum, Johnny. If uh, if you are a listener of this show and tune into uh, Four Feathers podcast, which is so Johnny and I do uh, about the Chicago Blackhawks, we talk about how important momentum is in hockey all the time. Uh, I don't think we bring it up a lot on on this show specifically, but it, it's almost the same essence, Johnny, for for a team to come back and score a, a late period goal. Um, you know, to, to close out the second period uh, and, and, you know, bring yourself within one and then, you know, come out to start the third period and all of a sudden the other team, you know, puts up a tally right away. That's that's what it felt for me if I'm comparing this to hockey. Mm-hmm. It was like 
there's the buzzkill right there. When your three, four, five guys go down, especially striking out, not making that hard contact, not giving you any sort of semblance of, uh, you know, we're in this because those are the guys that you rely on. And the, the White Sox have gotten so much magic out of, you know, role players, bench guys, uh, you know, uh, back of the order guys um, that it, 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 at some point in time, that's going to run out through the course of a ball game. Um, and you, you saw them come back and, and get themselves in it a little bit later. But imagine just for two seconds that Yoan Moncada or, or Jose Abreu hits a double over that stretch and you can extend that inning out just a little bit longer. Uh, you might get minor out of the ball game a little bit earlier. You might drive that pitch count up a little bit. You don't know how that's all going to play out. Your three, four, five guys have to do some damage there when the offense starts moving. That just killed all the momentum for the offense tonight, and I feel like that's a huge reason this team lost this game. Well said. The line started moving, and you would hope that your you know heart of the order can keep the line moving. They were not able to do that in the top of the six here. And going back to your point about you know the other team coming out, uh, you know when you use the hockey reference, uh, you score the late period goal, and then to start like third period, the other team you know scores one right away, uh, and that kills the momentum. Well, that's exactly what happened here in the bottom of the six. It was Ben Intendi, uh, two out solo shot. So you know Dallas Keuchel almost getting through that, um, and then Andrew Ben Intendi comes up. Max a solo shot out the opposite field, uh, makes it 4-2. Um, and that would be it scoring-wise until we get to the top of the ninth where the White Sox, you know, fall short once again with the rally. Um, Mancata, props to him for going opposite field. Uh, nice double, ground rule double into the corner there uh, with one out. And then Adam Engel, uh, RBI single. Nice to see him, uh, you know, uh, get involved with this too. And then uh, Goodwin, pinch hits here for Hamilton. Uh, I know this is probably where you wanted to see Gavin Sheets. <laughs> You know, it's where I wanted to see Gavin Sheets. And, you know, I I think, you know, all things aside, Johnny, I think Goodwin's plate approach was was fine. Um, and, you know, he, he should have he been also did get hosed on a call. He, he got hosed. He got hosed there. And I think that, you know, we could be talking about a White Sox winner here tonight, despite uh, some of the other trials and tribulations that this lineup went through uh, throughout the ball game. if the uh, if the call was uh, a ball there. But. Um, this is where I would have rather seen Gavin Sheets. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there uh, who are asking, you know, where the uh, the TLR supporters are uh, with how Tony handled this one. Um, obviously, uh, the end result was not good. Uh, and there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you've got Adam Angle on first base. Um, you've got a hit and run call. And you've got uh, Goodwin up there who should have been already on first base. And he lines out into uh, what turns into the game ending double play, Johnny, um, you know, the hit and run call. I think that that's fine. Uh, you're trying to avoid the double play. The only thing that you cannot do in that situation is basically hit a line drive to an infielder uh, that's going to screw you right there. So I, I'm okay with, with how uh, Goodwin approached that. Um, you know, there, there was the first pitch in that at bat where, uh, he could have laid off of it, and and maybe uh, the tide turns there as well. So you can make that argument too. Uh, but I wanted to see Gavin Sheets there just for one reason, Johnny, and that's because Gavin Sheets, uh, within you know recent memory, uh, has come up in a situation like this and actually delivered. Uh, and for a young ball player who uh, had just provided you some magic um, with a walk off home run in an electric moment and has so much power from the left hand side. Uh, I felt like it probably would have been more beneficial to go with Gavin Sheets there. Would what, what would the result would have been uh, is TBD because we don't know. Um, right. He could have he could have struck out on three pitches. I still would have rather seen him there 
I think the power is just a little bit more than Goodwin. I think the plate approach for Gavin Sheets there uh, just maybe would have favored him. Although, you know, I'm not the manager of the White Sox, so I can't make that call. Yeah, um, good, good point there about the recency thing because uh, you talked about the walk-off moment there. Uh, you briefly mentioned it, but it was Saturday night in Milwaukee. That was a specific instance uh, where he came off the bench, pinch hit, uh, and got the job done. He got a there's, single. In there's the two of them there. So. There's two of them there. Uh, yeah. You know, the pinch hit in Milwaukee as well as the, you know, it wasn't a pinch hit situation, uh, but he d- did deliver um, a walk-off home run uh, within, what was that, like about a week and a half ago? Um, it was was exactly a week ago. It was the second game of that double hutter in that Monday against the twins. So in, in clutch spots, Gavin sheets has shown up. Um, and I just, I look at that and I say, you're looking for a lefty off the bench to come in, uh, and pinch hit. Uh, you can go to Goodwin and and defense. If, if you bring this thing to the bottom of the ninth, uh, I just thought that, uh, you know, if, uh, if you're looking for somebody to provide you that late power, I think there's no bat that's more dangerous right there off your bench than Gavin sheets. So, um, you know, if, if, if people are looking for guys who have supported Tony La Russa through things and, and want to question something, uh, here it is. There, there, there's my problem. And it's not just because I love Gavin Sheets. It's because I think he would have been able to uh, provide you a little bit more power. Maybe it's a, a double to the gap that ties the ball game. Who knows? And maybe it's a three-pitch strikeout. Uh, but that's who I would have went to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, what have you done for me lately? Or a ride the hot hand uh, kind of thing. I, I I would agree. And, you know, you have the power potential there, too. So you could also be talking about um, a, a scenario in which the White Sox are up there. And you're, you know, if he, if he puts one out of the park like he did just a week ago tonight, um, yep. you know, you're talking about a different situation here. But we'll never know. Butterfly effect. Uh, if that would have happened, if the result would have been the same, different, whatever. Um, but w- as far as the decision, the hit and run there, um, I, I get the process behind it. It just sucks when, you know, it, it doesn't work out like that. Um because even with Adam Engel's great speed, um, if that ball is hit on the ground instead of on a line, second base, um, I would say he gets doubled up without running. Yes. Uh, you know, there's there's so much that goes into this, uh, Johnny, and, and, and these late in and game situations. And a lot of people are going to turn a very critical eye to how this team handles it and, and, and specifically Tony La Russa, because there's been a narrative about him all year. Um, and there's a lot of people who are, are looking to drive home certain specific narratives about how he's handling cer- certain situations. And that's fair. Um, you know, we'd be doing that regardless of who the manager is. I think that uh, we can make an argument that, uh, you know, anybody who's in this situation uh, would be under a microscope when it comes to this. I'm fine with it. And, and you know, watching the post game show, too, uh, you look at, uh, you know, two great baseball minds in, in Ozzy Guillen and as well as Scott Pitsednik. Uh, both being fine with the hit and run in that situation. Um, you know, there's, there's some people who are going to say, why, why did you do that there? Well, it, you know, if, I, if you don't, if you don't hit a, a line drive to an infielder, uh, you're probably avoiding a double play and at least getting another at bat here to try and t- tie the ball game or, or go and, ahead. And I got another reason for it. It's a look at the uh, track record of all, across all the coaching staff, not just uh, one Mr. Tony La Russa. Uh, the aggressiveness has been ticked up in recent weeks. You remember that Joe McCain send of Adam Engel? Uh, th- those are decisions that are definitely discussed amongst the full staff. It's not just TLR. 
making one call. Obviously, he does the executive decision there in, in that uh, juncture to call it the hit and run there. But it's a, you know, um, a mentality of applying the pressure to the other teams there um, and, you know, potentially elongating the game uh, at that point in time, avoiding the double play, all of that. So uh, mentality of aggressiveness, I can live with it um, because that that ball gets shot through the other side there. You're talking about what, you know, maybe first and third with angle on the move there with how great a speed mm-hmm. he has. So um, the, down the line, right field, he might be scoring if, if Goodwin hits the double down there. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, that's just uh, the summary of the situation that unfortunately ended the game. Like you mentioned, uh, White Sox dropped series opener here. Four to three. Um, let's move into game two of the series, Tony. It'll be Tuesday, same time as it was tonight, 7, 10 p.m. Central time. Start from Kansas City. Uh, it will be Brad Keller for the Royals versus Dylan Cease for the Sox. And of note here, um, not confirmed completely. We probably won't know officially till the lineup comes out uh, on Tuesday afternoon. But Eloy Jimenez likely to play at left field. How does that make you feel? You know, Johnny, uh, a, a few things have, have come to recent light uh, and just – you know, me being uh, somebody who who needs to stay on brand, um, I'll say it it grinds my gears a little bit because I'd love to see Eloy Jimenez continue to DH, but I do understand the way the game baseball works, um, and you you need to spell people, uh, you know, a, a few times. You know, it's going to depend on who we see at DH. Um, is it Jose Abreu's turn to DH, and you know, what do you have to do there? Um, did, are you trying to rest? Are you going to put Andrew Vaughn? Uh, on the bench, or are you going to throw Andrew Vaughn at first base and, and give Jose Abreu a day off? It's all going to depend on how Tony Russa throws the lineup out there, but you, you can't expect that Eloy Jimenez is going to be the DH every single game um, just because, you know, other guys are going to need a, a, a break. Uh, would you rather their bats be in the lineup? Because you shake this thing down and if Eloy Jimenez is your de facto DH every single game, because I don't think anybody's going to take his bat out of the lineup and, and ride him on the bench, where else do you go with him? Right? Like I would, Only I would probably, yeah, I would, I would probably be more upset, Johnny. Um, just this is me being completely honest. I would be more upset if Eloy Jimenez was only DHing the rest of the year. And if you need to give Andrew Vaughn a little bit of a break, um, that, you know, he's going to be on, on the bench, um, instead of, you know, just throwing Eloy out there for a game. I think the most important part here is that Eloy Jimenez cannot be self-destructive when he's in left field. That's, that's the key to me, because if Eloy Jimenez goes out there in the left field and, and is self-destructive in minimal playing time and, and hurts himself trying to overdo something in a game against the Kansas city Royals, uh, two games back and, and goes and gets himself hurt. Um, like it, there's bigger picture things at play here. Um, he needs to realize the situation. Yes, you want to win every ball game. Yes, I love the aggressiveness, and this is it's kind of uh, almost hypocritical to say, but I, I love the aggressiveness of the Sens. I love the aggressiveness of the coaching staff and everything that, that they're doing here to try and win every single ball game. But I want Eloy Jimenez's bat in the lineup in October. That's the most important thing here. He needs to be able to get himself there healthy. So if it means pulling up on a baseball every now and then, instead of trying to die for it or jump over the fence to rob a home run or do something spectacular, I'm okay with that because there, there is a happy medium here that needs to be met. And I don't expect him to be your everyday left fielder at this point. I think Andrew Vaughn has earned uh, that role at this point in time. 
but you know, the, the, these are good problems to have, Johnny. These are not, you know, who the who the fuck do we have to play left field here? We're trying a bunch mm-hmm. of guys out. Um, Twenty eighteen type White Sox problems. When you have options like this, it's available to you. Eloy Jimenez just has to help himself here, and that's all that I ask that he does. But you damn well know that the the, the first time I see him like run into a fucking net or run into a wall trying to do something just yeah. stupid. Um, I'm going to have words for it. So yeah, that's, so that's, that's how I feel. Th- this all kicked off. You, you, you offered a great explanation there. And I agree wholeheartedly with the points, especially uh, about the kind of, you know, um, ha- find the happy medium uh, there. I really like uh, the way you described that, but turning that question around on myself, how I started that was, how do you feel about it? Um, I'll answer my own question here. How do I feel about it? I'm nervous, Tony. I am uh, because this guy, we talked about it. We touched on it very briefly yesterday, but um, for all intents and purposes, uh, relative to uh, look at other personalities uh, in terms of skill, age level, whatever uh, they, you're talking about among the White Sox roster, Eloy Jimenez is still a little bit immature. Let's not under like that's just his personality. It's his sort of you know aura and it's fun loving. I get it, and that's great for clubhouse chemistry. And you know, haven't he said he was you know so excited to be back with the boys? And I love that aspect of it. But when that translates over into physical. Uh, things that can affect him, especially uh, is, uh, um, you know, his arms, his legs, uh, any any part of his body, his pec muscle, uh, as we've seen, and we've seen him injure himself multiple times in the field. So it just makes me nervous. That That's just where I'll leave it. And I really hope he can kind of uh, do that uh, sort of uh, happy medium uh, approach like you had talked about there. Well, and I th- some of that's going to come with maturity and hopefully – um, the White Sox coaching staff can kind of preach that to him. And uh, I think that there's enough leaders on this team to um, kind of instill that in his head right now, how important he is going to be to this team down the stretch. Um, and that uh, I, I think I think Jose Abreu would be okay if, if Eloy Jimenez didn't try and rob a home run that was 20 feet over the wall. And, and some of that's going to be situational awareness. But, um, you know, the, the the good thing about this is, um, and, and this is just me being, you know, kind of, um, you know, devil's advocate to myself and how I feel about everything. I think Eloy can learn and grow uh, and and try and not do some of that stuff. But in 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 the good side to this, you know, it's it's always Eloy trying to do something to help the ball club. I would be a little bit more angry with some of it and. Uh, probably even more pissed off. It was just absolutely boneheaded mm-hmm. uh, type That's decisions. Yep. Like, you know, Eli's a gamer. He wants to win every single game. Um, you know, he's trying to rob home runs in a spring training game because he wants to win. So if Eli can kind of taper that and tell himself like, Hey, I, I want to win, but I also want to win a championship. I should not try and make this play because I'm going to put myself and my team at risk. Um, you know, I think he can learn and grow from that. And I hope he's got the right guys around him to help him get there. That's, that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that we continue to see the same EOA that we've seen before and all the points that I've made. And, you know, the, the same reason that you're nervous, uh, you know, continue to play out. And, and that's, that's going to be a, a flaw in EOA's game. And that could be the def, like the, the defining moment as to whether or not this guy's a hall of famer or he spends half of his career on the injured list. So, it's up to him to make those determinations and mature at, at, at a fast rate and continue to either a, uh, you know, be a player who has hall of fame potential, which I think he does, or be a guy that uh, is going to, you know, continuously be injured due to his own detriment. And 
you know, that's up to him. Yeah. Well, well said there. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. You expected to play left field tomorrow. Obviously won't know for sure until the White Sox lineup drops. One last storyline before the, for this game, before we close it out, Tony is uh, Brad Keller on the mound for the Royals. We all know the history. So uh, Tim Anderson, it's been a little bit, I think since we've seen him really like light him up uh, for something, I think this would be a good way to ignite the ball club. Uh, especially, you know, we talk about Timmy being the straw that stirs the drink, uh, something real emotional, uh, real big hit. Uh, maybe, you know, just to start the game that would, you know, we talked about getting, going early uh i think this could be the perfect storm for him uh if timmy is ready to uh you know uh, take that on and be be a little fiery uh for our white Sox here so here's something that um this might come off a little bit hot this might come off a little bit um uh, i don't know some people may not like the the way this goes down but i i think that tim anderson needs to start to be more of an asshole um, I, I just, I don't feel like he's had that same energy maybe since that whole Royals debacle. I want Tim Anderson to start getting under opponent's skin, specifically within the AL Central. Uh, you've seen him do that before. Um, obviously, the Brad Keller, the history that's all there with the Royals. I want Tim Anderson to start showboating more. And I know that Tony LaRusso is going to hate it, and I know that there's going to be storylines that are driven from it. But I like the controversy. We've talked about this on this show before, and I think I've given a pretty damn well good explanation as to why I like this. Um, you know, despite the fact that this team right now is relatively calm and people are calling for, you know, um, you know, bad hit and run calls and everything, this team has played way better when there's a ton of controversy and a ton of, uh, you know, just like storylines about the team and how dysfunctional it is. I want Tim Anderson to go out there in the next home run. I want him to show about the shit out of it. Be that asshole. There was an interview with Tim Anderson the other day where he was asked, who's the most exciting player in baseball? And he said, me. Be that exciting player. Create storylines. Raise hell. Be an asshole. Bat flip. Showboat. Do what, you, do what you're out there saying that you're going to do. Johnny, he's been relatively quiet in that regard. You see Fernando Tatis hit a home run and he stops and he kind of dances around uh, the base pass. I want to see Tim Anderson do the same thing because if he wants to actually change the game and, and be that guy who's the most exciting player in baseball, if, if he's really the bad kid that doesn't listen, I want to see that from him. I want to see that energy and I want to see him actually go out there and, and create controversy. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I want, I want the headlines. I want the debate. I want white Sox Twitter to go just burn itself down <laughs> over the fact that this guy is going out there and doing some ridiculous shit. And he's yeah. not doing that right now. Yeah, Everything but- is relatively calm. Go out there and create, create a mess, yeah. create a fire. Be that guy that's the most exciting guy. Be that guy who's polarizing. Showboat some shit. Do what you say that you're going to do all the fucking time. And, and, and create that. We're ready for that mess. And I think that the team actually thrives on some of that stuff rather than this relatively quiet, like, okay, 500-type baseball that they're playing right now. Go light a fire under these guys. Be the no, straw that the drink. And the, the White Sox need a fire right now, Tony. It's just been lethargic. That, that's the best way I can describe. E- even the wins outside of, you know, obviously the Lance Lynn stuff was really exciting. He always is when he's on the mound and obviously getting a hit. Uh, a rare circumstance with the all pitchers not hitting, obviously. Uh, playing in an old ballpark, you do that. Outside of that, though, it's been fairly lethargic as of late. And granted, this is a small, you know, um, basically since the very last game of the Twin Series through the weekend and then into this uh, opener of the KC Series. 
but we, we don't like i don't like to wait a week for that stuff to come back let's let's have that more regularly so i, I like that i want i, think, I want to be the guy to drive it especially with the guy given the guy who's on the mound for the royals tomorrow i so. want tim anderson to piss tony Larusso off that's what i want <laughs> there you go all right um that about wraps it up for tonight's show uh listeners thank you for tuning in uh everybody in the live stream here uh thanks for dropping by leaving comments here we always appreciate it uh the show uh, is presented by ontapsportsnet.com. Make sure you're visiting there for all of Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on social media at Sox on Tap and at Ontap Sportsnet. Show is also brought to you by Grandstand. Make sure you are visiting them right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace, for all White Sox merchandising needs, Chicago sports as well. Um, you can follow them uh, on social media at Grandstand Sox. Visit them online and shop there, grandstandsocks.com. Tony, flush this one. Uh, hopefully a little more spark, a little more energy tomorrow. Um, well, let's get back on track here with these White Sox. Let's do it, Johnny. White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>